Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. I'm pumped to um, kick this series off. Hey, I was spending some time with Jesus last night um, at home and having a bit of a worship session with him and Man, I just started praying for us today and started praying for this series. And he really just started working in my own heart um, for today and for what he's going to do today. Um, So I'm really expectant today and for the next three weeks. uh, I've got week one spot, um, so I am pumped to kick it off. And, um, and, I, and I hope you are too. Our leaders are pumped and, and we want to really uh, go there today. So we are, we are kicking off a series and it's called You're in the Right Place. So turn to someone next to you and say, you are in the right place. You're in the right place. You're in the right place. Chris, you're in the right place. Lynn, you're in the right place. Yes. Heba, you're in the right place. Wendy up there in the back row, you're in the right place. Yeah, she's like, I'm in the right place. Shep, you're in the right place, buddy. If I knew everyone's names, I'd be calling yours out. Or you'd be like, don't call out my name. Don't say my name in front of everyone. But you're going to be hearing this a lot over the next four weeks. You're in the right place. And you are. If you came today, you're in the right place. We are going to go and we're going to get into the book of Ephesians. Who loves Ephesians? Can we just, who loves Ephesians? If I've been studying this book this week and I've heard people say the Ephesians is like the Alps of the New Testament. Never heard that one before. Um, You may know that might be new too. Alps of the New Testament, the Queen of the Epistles. Uh, Queen of the Epistles. It's a great book. Uh, So we're going to get straight into it uh, today. Before, before we get there, though, it's very important to know, you know, who wrote it, when, where, all that stuff. And I know all the Bible scholars in the room and in the house, you know all these answers. But for the rest of us, um, I'm going to just give you a bit, bit of an introduction, a bit of a brief overview of Ephesians. So the Ephesian church uh, was one of the most prominent churches since Pentecost, And Paul, on his way back from his second missionary trip, he made a very, very brief stop in Ephesus. And he made a brief stop there and it began then. And then he left Priscilla and Aquila in charge and he promised them, I'll be back. I'll promise I'll be back. And so he went back and then on his third missionary trip, he came back and then he stayed in Ephesus. And he preached and he teached there and he got to know them a little, a little better. It was awesome. And then a few, le- few years later after that, he gets sent to Rome. Paul gets sent to Rome and he's a prisoner there in a cell somewhere. And he's writing this letter back to the Ephesians, back to the church in Ephesus. And as he's in prison, there's some messengers that come to him, some, some visitors from the surrounding churches. And one of them was... Tychicus. I don't know if I've said that right. If I haven't, forgive me. Um, And this guy comes and visits him in Rome. And Paul's sitting in his cell and he's penning this, he's writing this letter. And he gives this letter back to Tychicus. And he's saying, take this one back to the church in Ephesus. So this guy takes it back. 
And Paul's not writing this letter to address a problem. He's not writing the letter to um, address conflict or heresy or anything like that. It's not for a particular reason. He's doing it to simply strengthen and encourage and equip the, the group of believers, believers in Ephesus. So, and all believers. Now, if he's writing that for all believers today, that's you and I. So he's writing this letter and we can learn a lot from it. So the whole book is filled with great teaching it's filled with wisdom and it's filled with encouragement. So maybe that's why everyone likes it. So it makes sense, right, to start at chapters one and two. If I'm kicking off the series and I go to chapter six, there's something wrong with me. So let's open up our, the book of Ephesians. If you've got your Bible there, open up it on your app or on your Bible. And we're going to start at chapter one and two today. Now, in just alone in these two chapters... There are massive themes and massive topics. They're big, it's big stuff. It's big topics, big themes. It would be very silly for me to try and conquer all of that in just 30 minutes. So after just much prayer, I've just felt God say, just focus on this thing there. So you've got some homework straight up from me today. I was a teacher for many, many years and I get to give out homework today. That's been a long time. And, and I don't even have to check if you, well, I, I won't check if you did it, but it'd be great if you did it. Um, I don't have to tick you off on the, you know, on a list. Um, but today... This week, you've got some homework. I want you to read all of Ephesians 1 and 2 because there's lots of stuff in there. So we're going to open up to Ephesians 1 verse 15 today. For this reason, so this is Paul writing. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above, everyone say far above. All rule and authority power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things, everyone say all things, under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. This is an opening prayer by Paul in Ephesians chapter one. It's his first prayer for the Ephesians. That Paul, he prays that they would know Christ better, that we would know Christ better. And this is not to know more about him, but it's to know him. It's to know him. So Paul begins praying for wisdom and revelation 
for them and for their eyes of their heart to be enlightened. This carries on beautifully from what Pastor Dan just preached last week of now I can see. If you haven't heard that, go back and have a listen to it. But Paul wants us to know a few things from this prayer alone. And he's really wanting them to get this. That it's not just to know more stuff about Christianity, but it's for revelation. And I'm praying over the next four weeks that there are going to be light bulb moments of revelation for you as we learn together, as we walk through Ephesians. So this passage in chapter 1, first, Paul first describes the power for us who believe and teaches us it's the same power that raised Jesus up and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. And you might be thinking, Tam, what is that all about? What is that all about? Why is Jesus sitting there at his right hand? You know, well, we first must have to study and learn what Jesus is doing because then that impacts what we're doing. So um, in ancient times, a, a person with high or highest ranks stood to the king's right side. And even today we hear of the term someone's right-hand man or wingman um, when they serve real close to another leader. So God's right hand refers to Jesus and he is of equal position, honour, power and authority. And the fact that Jesus is sitting in the heavenly realm is that his work is done. His work is done. It's finished. Sitting is an attitude of rest, of rest. And God made him sit. God made him sit. But have a look of where, Je where Jesus is sitting. Verse 21 describes where he's sitting. Far above, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name. Far above it all and all things are under his feet. That's his position. And we need to understand this first because this has implications for us. So I want to go to chapter 2 now and see why. So chapter 2 verse 1. This is a good word. Isn't it awesome that the, the word of the Lord is living? I just... I can just rest knowing that when we speak, it's alive, it's active, it pierces hearts. Ephesians 2 verse 1, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And look what happened. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace 
expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast about this. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So just like God raised Jesus up, He's raised us up too. And I want to teach into this today because it's about your place, your position, your seat. And this is very important to start with in week one as we walk through Ephesians. You know, um, as, a, as a kid, I played uh, softball. Uh, my, my, my dad, actually, he was very keen for us, his two kids to play a sport growing up. Um, so I had just one um, and mine was softball. And so over the years as a kid and into the teenager, I had three positions that I had to learn um, and be trained up in. So those positions were first base. Uh, first base, I was trained up with, you know, standing on the base and, you know, doing a big stretch and trying to catch all the, the balls and hopefully they would come right here. But sometimes I'd be way up there and down low and you just, sometimes it was all over the shop in our level anyway. <laughs> um, second, second position was shortstop. And shortstop, that was a little bit nerve-wracking because the, lots of the hits were coming your way. When, you, when your coach put you into shortstop, you're like, it's going to be a busy morning. And they were coming hard and fast. So I had to learn that position and what shortstop looked like. And when I got a ball, I then had to learn and I had to get trained in trying to get an arm and a, and a peg that just went straight into that first base glove. So you'd get trained up in that. And then third one was center field. Now, Centrefield, my coach would throw me out in Centrefield if he maybe looked at me on a Saturday morning and said, Tam looks a little bit tired, throw her out into Centrefield. So he would throw me out into Centrefield. And in our level, again, not many hits would go out into Centrefield. So I would just maybe sometimes, if you're lucky, you could sit down, um, maybe in under eights or, you know, and you'd sit down in Centrefield because it's like no one's hitting out here until somebody did hit a ball and then you'd be shocked and you'd have to wake up and then go for a run and turn around and not embarrass yourself with a, you know, a, a throw back to infield. But they were my three positions. That's what I got trained up in. That's what I knew. So like any sport, you have to get to know your position. And if you didn't know your position... It altered your play. And then that would alter your game. Today, you're sitting in a place or position. You are. You're sitting in a place or position. Physically, you came in this morning and you sat down in your chair. And if you're lucky, if it was a great morning, you got the one that you registered with. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> But you've got your chair, you're sitting down, have a look at it. You're A5 or D13 or C15. Physically, you're in this position. But I want to make you aware that you are sitting in another seat today. You're sitting in another seat, another place, another position in the spiritual realm. Now hang with me here just a moment. You might be thinking, what on earth does that mean? I'm sitting here right now. How can I be sitting here 
but also sitting in heavenly places at the right time. Tam, you've confused me. I don't know what that's all about. And I want to explain to you. When you ask Jesus into your life as Lord, when you repented and when you became um, a Christian, when he became your saviour, when you allowed him to step into your life and you surrendered it, however old, whenever that was, that was not just a ticket to get into heaven and everything stays the same. No, no, no. Much, much, much more happened in that moment. Much more. He made us alive spiritually by imparting the life of Christ in us. That's what happened in the spiritual realm. In that moment, spiritually, you gained access to the Father. And in that moment, you gained access to a new inheritance. And in that moment, you gained access to a new bloodline. In that moment, you gained access to a new identity. In that moment, you gained access to a new position. In that moment, you gained access to a new family of believers. In that moment, you gained access to a new authority. And in that moment, you gained access to a new power. And in that moment, you gained access to a new position. In that moment, you, get, you, you became a new creation. The, go, the old has gone, the new is here. Now this is your new position, your identity, your place with Jesus. Look what happened. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we're dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. When we accept Jesus into our heart, God raises us up and seats us with Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Are we pumped about that? Are we pumped about that? Yes. That just blows my mind. Physically, we're still here on earth. Our bodies are still sitting in the chair right now, but we are more than a body. We are a soul and we are a spirit. Simultaneously, we can be spiritually seated with Him in heaven. And that belief gives us the ability to rest. The work of Christ is finished. It's finished. We can enjoy its results. We're made alive in Christ and we're now seated together with Him. This is our position where everything flows from it. We can have righteousness, peace and joy right now. He wants us to receive everything we gained access to. What's His can become ours. His perspective can become our perspective. His victory can become our victory. His authority can become our authority. His resurrection can become our resurrection. His position can become our position. I love this stuff. 
this makes me fired up. It really does. Your identity in Jesus. If we truly get this, if we truly get this, if we truly take this on, if we truly receive it, we've gained access to it. Are we taking it? Because to receive something, I had it there. I was writing, when I was writing this sermon, I had receive, receive, receive. And the Lord, Holy Spirit said, no, it's not the word receive. They've got access to it. To receive something, you've got to take it. You've got to take it. So he told me, get that word receive out of the way. It can become ours if we take it. Oh, 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 I'm I'm fired up. (laughs) Understanding your identity in Christ and your position makes the devil scared. It makes the devil scared. He's shaking in his boots if you find out what this is all about. No, he he does not want you knowing this, knowing who God is and who God says you are because he knows that's a game changer. He will throw every lie your way. This morning, he'll throw every lie your way. And don't think we're immune to it, being leaders. He'll throw every lie your way. He'll throw it at you. Not taking that. That's not me. No, not wearing that. Because he just wants you taking a little bit, maybe just that ticket to heaven. Yeah, cool. Said the prayer. Have that. Everything stays the same. But there is a lot to learn and a lot to receive and a lot to be trained in in this position. So you're in the right place if you're here today. If you're seated here today, you're in the right place. So practically, I want to get practical. What does this look like in this position? I want to share a story of putting this into practice. So just a little while ago, uh, something that came up that was causing my heart to feel heavy quite quick. Um, and in my mind, it started looking big and, and heavy. And, and, I, and I start feeling it. And my heart um, started feeling heavy. And so on my day off, the Lord said, Tam, come up higher. And when he says that, the only place I know to go up higher is a mountain. So on my day off, I got in my car by myself and I drove up the closest mountain that I could find. And as I stood I didn't stand, sorry. As I got up to the mountain and sat down on top of the mountain, the valleys were below me. Everything was below me. The little cows looked really tiny. The people looked really tiny. The cars were still, I could see everything in the distance. But now I was seated much, much higher. And the majority of things around me were below me. And in that moment, that thing that was starting to look heavy and feel heavy just got a new perspective because in that space, God reminded me where I sat with him. 
far above it all, far above it all. And as I sat there, I pulled out a piece of paper and I started writing some things about that circumstance, everything I could think of. And I was now sitting with him with a different perspective because he's saying, come up higher and I'll show you a few things. And as I wrote about that circumstance on that piece of paper, I knew I did not want to bring it back down with me. It was not coming back down the mountain. So I wrote it all out and I said, thank you, Lord. Now I'm seeing it from your perspective. And this, and I don't want to be insensitive to anyone, but that day the Lord showed me about this circumstances for me. It was tiny. It's tiny, Tim. It's tiny. And so as I wrote it on the paper, I, could try, I wasn't bringing it down with me. So I found the most private thing I could find around and there was a bin next to me. So I folded up the piece of paper and I put it in the bin and I said, Lord, I'm giving this, for you. I'm giving this to you today. You can take it, not mine to carry. This is, this is yours, Lord. And Father, help and work it out for me in Jesus' name. And I popped it in the bin. And then I drove back down the mountain feeling much, much lighter. And that day, his perspective, my, it wasn't at the start of the drive, I wasn't feeling like that at all. But by the end of the day, I came back down and his perspective became my perspective. This week, I, re- I read a book uh, called The Healing Journey. Beautiful Wendy, you gave it to me last Sunday night at Encounter. And the next day I I picked it up and then I could not put it down. And I read the whole thing. And it's a story of a lady who was born with Charcot Marie Tooth. I don't even know if I said that right, nurses or doctors in the room. Um, CMT. And it's a neurological disorder that affects both motor function and sensory nerves. And when she was 12, she was also diagnosed with scoliosis. And what I loved about this book the most. There's lots of things that the Lord might be able to speak to you about. But what I learned, what I love the, um, the most about it was that she was learning with Holy Spirit of her authority and the power of the blood of Jesus and insights from Holy Spirit teaching her how to walk through her dark years and in this disease. And she now travels around the world, speaks and equipping people uh, with what she learned and carrying hope for others. My prayer today from Ephesians chapter 1 and 2 is that you aren't sitting in some things you're not called to sit in. Things that aren't for you. The Bible says we are citizens of heaven. It says that. We aren't called to sit in offence. We aren't called to sit in hopelessness. We aren't called to sit in defeat. We aren't called to sit in bondage. We aren't called to sit in confusion. We aren't called to sit in darkness. We aren't called to settle in these things and sit down in these things and stay there thinking this is my lot in life and accept it. That this is the way it has been, 
that this is the way it will be then. No, that's not your place. That is not your seat to sit in. And I don't want to feel, I don't want to seem insensitive to anyone's circumstances right now, but just hear my heart. God wants more for you. God wants much, much more for you. And I want to hang on to that promise he gives us in John 10, 10. Jesus came to give life, life, life in all its fullness. And I want life for you in its fullness, in its abundance, nothing less. Christianity doesn't begin with walking. Doesn't begin with walking. It begins with sitting. And it begins with sitting in the right place. And God has the best seat in the house for you. And there might be some people here and this is your first time to church or you have no idea what this whole Jesus thing is about. And I understand, I have been there. I remember my first time in church and I went with a chappy. It was beautiful Karen Russell Lee's daughter, beautiful Danny. And I went into a night service and I just cling to her. And I cling to her and we were in worship and they were using words I did not understand. And every word that came on the screen and Danny knew because she hangs around, you know, she, she, this is her space with the people that are unchurched. And she knew. And every time they sang a word, and, I, and she knew Tam wouldn't know this. And she whispered to me, that just means this. That just means that. That just means that. If that's you today, I just want to encourage you that Jesus does have a seat for you. And you may, you may not realise you're sitting in darkness. You may have not have that revelation. I didn't have that revelation. I didn't have that revelation. But then I got that revelation and I knew I've been doing it all wrong. And today could be the day that you say, I want to get in that position. I have no idea what I'm doing. And, and you don't have to know. I didn't have any idea the day that I did it. And you don't have to know but I encourage you to get in that right seat. It is the best seat in the house. And I encourage you. And you don't have to, you don't have to put your hand up. You don't have to come down the front. If you came with a friend, said, say to them, get me, in that, get me in that spot. And it's a simple prayer you can pray. To sit down in the spiritual realm means to offload, to rest our whole weight, our load, ourselves, our future, everything upon the Lord. That's what it means to sit down in heavenly places, to offload. And as we sit with Jesus, we have rest. As we sit with Jesus, we experience his love. As we sit with Jesus, all pressure is off. I experienced that one just yesterday. It can be a little bit nerve-wracking kicking off a series. And you know what? I want to be completely honest and frank with you. I was feeling the pressure. As I sat down to write the sermon, I was feeling the pressure. And I, before I wrote the sermon, I always go for a prayer walk. And as I was talking to Jesus, I said, God, I, I just want to make... I just want to do you proud. 
and I was having this conversation. And he said, Tim, you, you have, does, you don't even have to write this to make me, you've got, you got an A plus in my eyes. You don't have to do nothing. You don't have to do nothing. You've got an A plus. I was like, wow. And he's like, all pressure's off. It's not from me. That pressure is not from me. You go home and you just sit and you write that message, but all pressure is off. And maybe someone has to hear that today, that all pressure is off. And I don't know what your workplaces might look like, but that pressure's not from him. That pressure's not from him. So as we sit with Jesus, all pressure is off. As we sit with Jesus, we find healing. As we sit with Jesus, we find peace. As we sit with Jesus, we have joy. 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 I've got a whole testament about joy. I can't wait for when the Lord says, Damn, talk about joy. It's not today, but I'm excited about it. As we sit with Jesus, we find forgiveness. As we sit with Jesus, we find freedom. As we sit with Jesus, we have hope. As we sit with Jesus, we have power. As we sit with Jesus, we have the victory. So I pray today that you will begin to learn to study, to read all about your authority and the power and the inheritance that you have because of where you sit. And my prayer is that you start on that journey of learning who you are in Christ because it's a game changer. I want to finish up uh, with some declarations. And band, you can come up now. And it's pretty cool. Deb opened up this morning with some declarations and I thought, wow, I'm finishing with some declarations. That's pretty cool. So the Lord wants to do something today. He's men in business. But we are. We are going to finish up with some declarations. And these declarations that we're going to speak out aloud, they are all found in chapters 1 and 2 of Ephesians. Every single one of them. This is what I found just in those two chapters alone. And these are your identity in Christ and they'll equip you to learn and we need to renew our minds daily with this. We need to learn them. We need to get them from here to here so we can walk out in them. Today, I've got them printed out um, on on a sheet. So after we do this, if you want them, if you wanna take them home, Pop them on the fridge, pop them on your mirror. A mirror is a good place, can I just say. You have to look in, well, some people look in that thing every day. (laughs) Some people choose to look in that thing every day. But if you came over to our house and walked into our bathroom, Haddo's got his side, I've got my side. It's just wrapped around with things. It is. It hasn't, you know, if I can get just my face in there. But it's wrapped around with words of knowledge, with, with words of encouragement, with prophecies that I've received from people. It's all there. And I encourage you to take one home and stick it on your bathroom mirror or your fridge, whatever place you, back of your toilet door. That's a good one. 
your visitors will be like, wow, what's going on in this house? (laughs) But put it up. Because we have to understand this and we have to walk in it. We have to learn it. I would love us to stand right now because we are going to declare some things today. And we aren't just gonna go and say it like that, you know, just a little whisper. Just like, oh yes, I am a junior. You know, we're not gonna say it like that. In worship this morning, the Lord told me, go to the back office and get the steak. Now, the steak belongs in our back office and comes out at prayer time when we walk around the property and we wanna put a steak in some things. And in worship this morning, God was like, go out the back office, Tam, and get the steak. Now it rests next to Deb's desk. So I was like, Deb, we need the steak. Go and get the steak. So Deb, can you bring the steak up for me? We are staking some things in the ground today. So I wanna encourage you, church. We are not saying things today. We're not saying things today. We are declaring things today. Declaring. Who wants to do some declaring today? We are declaring. These are declarations. And now I wish I could give you one of these stakes out to everyone. We don't have them. I've never had a response like that, like Bunnings. Can I have 200 stakes, please? I need to give them out to church tomorrow because we're gonna be doing some declarations. I've got one. So on behalf of everyone in the room, every time we say a statement, no, every time we declare, see Holy Spirit just, I'm not saying, we're declaring. Every time we declare, I'm going to stake it up here for us on behalf of you, okay? On behalf of all of us. Have I made that clear today that we are declaring some stuff? I've got my teacher hat on today. I've got my teacher hat on today. All right. So first one, let's have those words up, Charlie. All right. First one, just repeat after me. I am in Christ Jesus. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. I am chosen by God to be holy and blameless in His sight. I am accepted and loved by God. I have redemption through His blood. I am forgiven of all my sins. I am filled with the Holy Spirit guaranteeing my inheritance. I am made alive with Christ. I am raised with Christ and seated in the heavenlies. I have been saved by grace through faith. I am God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus for good works. Once far off, I'm now made near by the blood of Christ. 
I have access through Jesus to the Father. I am a dwelling which God lives by His Spirit. They are declarations. So every time you hear the enemy's voice say, you're this or you're that, you remember this moment and you don't give him any authority and you say, no, I'm a child of God. No, I'm made alive. No, I'm raised with Christ. And you, you learn, let's learn and let's, let's grow into who He says we are. You know, Paul's prayer in Ephesians was that his readers might have the revelation of God's call, your inheritance and your power. And last night I was praying that that will be a revelation for all of us this morning. So I'd love to pray. I'd love to pray. Father God, I give You thanks for Your Word. I give You thanks for Your Word. Jesus, as we kick off this series, Father God, Lord, help us learn more about who we are, our position, Father, in You. Lord, may it renew our minds. Father, make us hungry. I pray, Lord, You make us hungry to learn about this, God. Father, as we've, you know, gone and sat and watched a TV program or watched the series on Nephi, whatever it is, Father, I pray that You give us a hunger to pick up Your Word, a hunger to pick up a book, Lord, and to learn and grow in who You've called us to be, Jesus. And Father, my prayer, Lord, if is anyone, God, that does not know You in this room today, Father, my prayer is they say yes to Jesus, that they say yes to Jesus that today was a divine appointment, that You drew them here by Your Holy Spirit. And I pray, Father God, that they will say yes. And Lord, I just pray over the next few weeks as we look at in Ephesians, make us hungry for Your Word. Make us hungry for Your Word. Let us eat it up, God. Let us renew our minds with it. And I thank You for the power that it has. Holy Spirit, we thank You for Your presence in this room. We thank You in the Name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.